Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. We all whine and complain about how difficult life is. But if you really look at the times when you have long periods of time without challenge, don't you get bored? How many days in a row can you sit on the beach and do nothing? Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Many of us idealize a lifestyle devoid of responsibility or challenge. But if you ever pursue the dream of spending every day eating pizza and drinking Mai Tais on the beach, or whatever your fantasy looks like, you might be surprised how unfulfilling a challenge-free life is. So while you're listening, I want you to be curious. Consider what your current perception of a challenge is, and how embracing challenge may affect your ability to lead people or do anything at all. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Let's talk about what the biggest things you got out of the course. What were they? Yeah. So Joseph, I think the very, like the foundational thing that I got is the difference between supervising and managing. Yeah. Um, And as we grow, as we grow as a company, how to create a company that still doesn't need supervisors because everyone can supervise themselves and, and we become good managers. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that. That's to me, one of the biggest distinctions and most important ones, because it's, it's very meta. It's very upstream because many people think they're doing great management when they're following around and making sure they do what they're supposed to be doing. And you can appear to be very supportive and very liked and, uh, and people will quit that boss too, eventually, because you know, even though a good supervisor can be warm and friendly and supportive and all that, the long-term effect of that is the person is not going to grow. And they're going to know that on some level. They're going to be able to feel that. Even though people will very often not ask for it, they really deep down want to be challenged. And I think that's one of the other important takeaways is that we all whine and complain about how difficult life is. But if you really look at the times when you have long periods of time without challenge, don't you get bored? How many days in a row can you sit on the beach and do nothing? You know, four, five, maybe, maybe 10. Probably a lot. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something, guys. All of the days, Victor writes, all of the days. You know, I when I first moved to Maui, I lived on the south side where the weather is relentlessly perfect. I mean, there are like five rainy days a year there. And uh, I spent a lot of time on the beach. And I found the limits 
of that. You know, it's just like how many days in a row can you eat your most favorite food, right? Does the pizza or does the sushi or whatever it is get old? And yeah, you like Victor just wrote, you should test it for yourself. I encourage everyone, whatever it is you think you want, like the, the heaven on earth, whatever you think that is, I think you absolutely should pursue that. Go get it. Because either of two things is going to happen. You're going to find that's it and you've arrived and you're done. Or you're going to find out that that's not actually it. You win either way. So find out. But what's dangerous, I think, is when people don't pursue that experience of getting exactly what they want. And then it remains a fantasy where they think, oh, if only I had that, if only I got to sit on the beach and eat pizza every day for 365 days in a row. No, for all of the days, for the rest of my life, if only I could have that, then I would be happy, fulfilled, whatever that is. If you don't actually pursue that, then it, will, it remains a fantasy that keeps you out of the present because now you're going to judge every present moment as there's something wrong with this because it's not on the beach eating pizza every day. And then there's two of you. You're kind of divided. So it's a wonderful thing to pursue those kinds of, uh, you know, one of those indulgent outcomes, a challenge-free life, you know, to experience that and experience how unfulfilling it actually is. Then you look at every moment as an adventure. You know, uh, there's a line from one of the Castaneda books. Uh, let's see if I can paraphrase it the best I can. Uh, a warrior looks at everything as a challenge, whereas an ordinary person looks at everything as either a blessing or a curse. And when you're in the mindset of, well, I want to live a challenge-free existence, then everything's going to look like either a blessing or a curse. That's fine. You can do that. And it's just limited, I think. Reminds me of a story a friend of mine told when she um, decided to homeschool her children. Uh, one of her sons, I don't know, maybe a 10-year-old or something like that, decided he wanted to play video games. And she just let him play video games as long as he wanted. And she, she took, it took about a month. And then he said, well, that's enough. He, and then he had other more important things he decided to do. But mm-hmm. that was, he reached the limit. Yeah, that's good Aikido going with. And, and allowing it to reach its logical conclusion. See, we did that too with my daughter. She was drawing on the walls. So we just <laughs> taped off an area where she can draw <laughs> on the wall. Not over here, but in your square, you draw on the wall. You want, And that didn't last long. She got bored of drawing on But what I really want to say <laughs> is that I got, I got something interesting out of this course that I wasn't expecting. I learned that in me... I have a, my challenges with management and being managed are definitely revolve around shame trigger mm. very strongly. And not only that, but I think that sometimes I get right to the edge of being able to succeed at something. And then like I'll go 99.8%. And then something in me doesn't want to do that last 2% or point whatever. That's also tied to that. Mm. So I'm talking with, with my therapist about that, but I think that somewhere in there I knew that, but it became clear to me somehow through this course. I think that the part where we write their parents, I'm trying to remember. Anyway, there was a part with that 
that struck me. And that's something that I got out of this. Cool. Thank you. Cool. And thanks for bringing up the concept of in, in some models, they call that an upper limit. And you get close to some kind of success and then resistance shows up. That's actually really, really common. Uh, I, I would argue probably universal. It's just a matter of how much it shows up. And, and many people don't experience upper limits precisely because they don't push themselves very hard and don't get near them. Right. But I, I don't talk, I don't think I've ever really talked about this, but I read a whole book about it. I can't remember. If you Google upper limits book, you'll probably find it. Um, there's a lot on it out there. It's, it's a very tricky thing to track because it's really subtle, but it requires being able to look retrospectively and slow down the videotape of your experience. So when something goes wrong or suddenly you end up in a bad mood or you know, you're pursuing some goal and then suddenly it doesn't seem worth pursuing anymore. See if you can look backwards and see what happened. It's one of the hardest things to do, but really uh, rewarding, you know, or suddenly depression shows up or anxiety or whatever your go to place is. And suddenly you realize, well, I've been really depressed for like a day and a half. See if you can go back and figure out what happened. That's so challenging. But sometimes you'll find it's just the smallest little thing. Like, oh, my friend of mine said something and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And then I made up a story about it. Then I made up a story about that. And, you know, it's very easy to go from a sideways comment to people suck, (laughs) you know, for example. That could cascade really fast. And it's really just a matter of your awareness because there's, you know, a hundred times a day, something happens, maybe not a hundred, dozens of times a day, something happens and we're resilient to it. We look the other way. Oh, they didn't mean that. Oh, they're in a bad mood or, oh, you know, crap happens, whatever. It only takes one of those to not be resilient to send us into some kind of emotional reaction spiral. If you accept that, okay, well, sometimes you're just in a funk for a few days. If that's your, acceptance, your reality, then you'll never be curious to go looking at what those triggers might be. But if you decide, you know what, I don't want to be in those funks anymore for a couple of days, and you then get curious about how do they work? How do you do that? Well, I you know, drive through town and then there's traffic and I start judging all the cars around me and seeing how they're all unaware drivers. And then I think about how unaware the whole world is. And then I think about how the human race is really destined to die. And then I start thinking about how meaningless my work is because I can't really help anyone because we're all going to die. And then I'm depressed for three days. Okay, well, there's your recipe. (laughs) Don't drive anymore. (laughs) Don't drive. Don't Don't go to the mall around Christmas. Sorry, go ahead. I love that. And and also, as a manager, you have to be so aware of the extra weight your words have and how easy it is to trigger things in other people. Yes. That you don't even mean like just an offhand comment can send someone down the wrong path. Oh yeah. It's brutal. And the responsibility a manager has because every syllable, not even the syllable, the gestures, the tones, the the spacing between your words, because of our authority projections and the power dynamic, it it all has an, an, an enormous impact on people. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. 
Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.